Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to by the word of their testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Greetings and a warm welcome to the program. Thank you for tuning in again today. Delighted to have your company. Now in the studio here in Morisset I have with me a special guest. Her name is Patrice Winter. Patrice, welcome. Thank you, Etienne. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm glad that I actually bumped into you not too long ago to hear a little bit about your story. And funny enough, when I listened to the part that I did hear, uh, it sounded very similar to my story in some aspects. So I don't know the full story yet. And dear listener, I know you will be very excited to hear the whole story because I only heard a snippet. And that was enough to hook me and say, listen, I want to hear the whole story. So I'm glad that you've been able to make yourself available to come into the studio and to share your story with us. But perhaps we can just start with uh, what you currently do. All right. So I currently work um, at a hearing provider. So I um, manage a small clinic and um, conduct free hearing checks for the community. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's free to the community. Yeah, the preliminary hearing checks are free. So you can come in and get your hearing checked. Mm. Well, after talking to my wife, she reckons that I might have to get my hearing checked as well. <laughs> I think it might be tone deaf, and particularly it's the tone that women can often use you oh, know, when they speak okay, to men. Okay, so. yes. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of males seem to have that problem. Okay. Uh, the females seem to tune out the children more. <laughs> right, okay. Well, look, this will, this will settle once and for all, so maybe I'll have to come and book in and just get a, a, a hearing test done to see yes. how good or bad my hearing was. I had one actually done about 10 years ago, and uh, funny enough, there was nothing wrong with my hearing. So, uh, but I'd like to have a second opinion ten yes, years later. It is recommended every couple of years, anyway. So, oh, okay, yeah. mm. okay, fantastic. Well, thank you for that. So, look, you sound like you're from this part of the world. Where were you born? I was actually born in Westlake Macquarie, so not far from here, a little place called Rathmines. Okay, Rathmines. I have seen that on the map. I think I've even driven past it there a yes, few times. Yes, you would have. Okay. Mm-hmm. So were you a part of a big family, a small family? Well, we're not a large family. The extended family all grew up fairly close together, um, but I'm the oldest child of three. Are you the oldest? Okay. Very good. And uh, when you were born, were you born into uh, a secular uh, environment or was there uh, some Christian influences there? Uh, no, non-religious at all. So Okay. Yes. So like just a typical Australian family? Very typical Australian family. Very strict father. <laughs> okay, so so a disciplinarian in the sense of, you know, uh, learning values and moral values and you're doing the right thing and so forth? Definitely. Um, and um, both parents had to work also to um, make ends meet. Right. So there was a little bit of responsibility on um, probably me more than the others, being the oldest being child. Being the oldest child, sure. Yeah. Okay, so they, that work ethic and those principles, good principles were instilled in you from a young age. Definitely. And also your parents were also good role models in that regard. Yes, and um, it um, provided me with a lot of independence as well. So, yeah, I find that that was, that was quite good okay. to get me through 
um, the difficult times in my life. So, hmm. Okay. So that would have, uh, obviously, having to take responsibility at a young age, would, would that have matured you a little bit faster, I guess, than your average person your age? Definitely. I didn't relate a great deal to those that I was going to school with because of that, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. So you were ahead of your times, basically. Uh, a little bit, but then <laughs> I would make up for it and be quite childish at times, too. So, yeah, I, I tried to find a balance there. Right. Okay. Mm. So um, you, your life was shaped, I guess, from that perspective in a very positive way. Were there any other influence in your life, uh, for good or for bad, I guess, that, uh, that started shaping your life as you were growing up? I think um, the schooling I had, I was public schooled and educated, mm. and um, the school I went to was a little bit rough, and okay. um, yeah, so it toughened me up quite a bit. Mm. Um, so yeah. So this was just interaction with other people, um, other students, I guess, in your your age bracket. Yeah, I found that I was quite a trust, trusting person, and I had a lot of empathy, even from a young child. Mm. Um, and then it took me a long time to realise that not all of us are the same. So not everybody is basically the same as me. S- some people operate from a different perspective of life. They don't always abide by the same rules. So okay, so you were quite a trusting person, yes. and. Uh, you found that your trust sometimes was disappointed. Oh, definitely, quite often. Quite yes. often. Yeah. Wow. Um, a lot of the time I was disappointed. Mm. So, yeah, and when I got a lot older, um, that quite affected me quite badly as well. I became quite bitter and resentful. Okay, right. Yeah, quite often if you, if you have, a, I guess, a certain expectation with people, and they don't live up to those expectations, you can become quite disappointed. Definitely. And after a few knocks like that, it does actually change the way you interact with people and the way you view people as well. Yes, yeah, so you know, seem to segregate yourself away from them rather than developing new relationships. You just think, no, I don't think I'll bother going sure. there. Yeah. Because there are other people like you as well who have similar values. Oh, quite a lot of them in the last 12 months, actually. It's been quite delightful. Wow, okay, but but... <laughs> Prior to the 12 months, there were few and far between as far as your experience was concerned. Definitely, yes. Hmm. So you did your, your primary schooling and your high schooling in this part of the world. Was there anything during that time that, uh, that started shaping your life? I mean, we started to talk, obviously, about your experiences with human beings mm-hmm. and some people operating under different rules and values. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I think um, when I was younger, I couldn't wait to get married and have my own family so that way I could feel, um, I think, the centre of my own world mm. yeah, and feel special and loved and, and yeah, just feel like I'm in control of my life and, yeah, had children to love me and, yeah, feel important and special, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I guess a lot of people actually have that view in, in life, you know, where things aren't quite the ideal now, but if only this or that could happen or there'd be a marriage or a relationship or children, that would satisfy all their yes. all their longings and desires. But then life sometimes can disappoint in those as well. So what was your experience as you started moving in that direction? All right, so I was married at the age of 21 okay. and I had two children. Um, the first one was born within a few years of marriage. Um, so, and then I found that I couldn't have any children for quite a while. So we tried for a number of years and, um, almost nine years later, my son was born. So actually it was over nine years. So I call them my two only children because there's such a big age gap between them. <laughs> okay. Nine years. Yeah. That's, that's the gap. Yeah. Wow. 
At least you were persistent. <laughs> <laughs> well, we sort of given up on having a second one. And, mm. and when I was going to primary school, my auntie took me to a Sunday school. So I did have God in my life from a young age. It was um, so... It was quite good. I asked Jesus into my heart at the age of seven. It was a Baptist, really? Baptist church, yeah. Okay. So um, that was lovely to have that and know that I could pray to God. Um, so you, did you maintain your uh, connection or your faith in God from that from that age? Definitely not. Okay. okay. Um, I, I always knew that God was there, mm. but I didn't feel a connection to Him as such. Um, I, so God was this great being. Did you believe in him as the creator, the originator of life? Yes, but I felt okay. that he was so far away and I could only see myself as a sinner. So when they taught about hell, the hell doctrine, mm. and um, couldn't answer my questions regarding certain subjects, I felt that it wasn't really the place for me. I felt that my sin was going to take me too far away from God. Right, so there was no indication of like a personal relationship, a personal saviour, a personal not. God that no. can have a relationship with you one on one and it can be special. No. Wow. Okay, so the age of seven. Yes. And then through life somehow uh I guess that that fades because of well, the unanswered hell, questions? The hell doctrine really got to me. That was um, the one. And hell uh, doctrine you mean specifically which aspects? Well, you know, that our loving creator God would um, torture his children forever in hell when they die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't quite sit right with me at all. Sure. I've always had a challenge with that. If someone can live 70, 80 years or less and they live a life, say they live a bad life, right? And then they don't get tortured for 70 or 80 years, but they get tortured for all for eternity. Ever. Because the punishment doesn't quite fit the crime. I mean, no, I no one is that bad, that's, really, are that's they? That's it. Yes, okay, she had a problem with that. So you walked away from that concept of God. Mm-hmm. I did visit other churches, too, to try okay. and, and find if, you At know, what age did you start visiting or looking at the other churches? Um, when I was a teenager. So I'd visit churches with different people that I knew that went to church. Okay. Um, I was told, well, one of my questions, actually, when I was going to Sunday school and started reading my Bible for myself, I um, learned about the Seventh-day Sabbath. Okay. And um, so in the Bible, it says that we're to keep the seventh day Sabbath. Hmm. Um, God actually tells us in the fourth commandment to remember it. And then here we are um, going to church on Sunday. And everybody seems to forget the one they're told to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as a child, I, 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 yeah, I had a problem with it. Hmm. So I was told that the Roman Catholic Church changed it. A lot of years earlier. Sure, they, they claim the authority to do that as well. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the churches I really wanted to visit was the Catholic Church to find mm. what made them so special that they could change God's commandment. Okay. Anyway, so I went along. I only went once to a Catholic church. Mm. Um, I found there was more contradictions there than what there was in the in the church that I went to Sunday school in. Okay. As well. So yeah. Right. But so I, you were searching. So yeah, even I was though you searching. sort of walked away from that concept of God and you sort of in a sense rejected it you were still open to seeing if there was a oh, different view definitely or... definitely so, so, so you... I knew there was God there mm. yeah um, I studied with the Jehovah's Witnesses when they came around and did Bible studies okay. I studied a couple of times with the Mormons when they came mm. around I was definitely open to learning more about God so you were a seeker yeah mm. wow so what what do you think was the motivating factor behind you still looking, although you sort of 
weren't totally interested, but you're not totally rejecting it either. I think um, I didn't realise the importance of having a close connection and being a, I didn't realise that you can have a relationship with God. Mm. So I didn't realise the importance of prayer. I thought prayer was something that happened when you, you know, life was going so bad and you couldn't control anything anymore and then that's when you ask for God. Basically for, cry for help when yeah, you needed help. that's it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realise that um, prayer is part of your relationship with God. So, mm. yeah. So did you feel there was anything lacking in your life that you were searching for God at all or was it just... Uh, was it something that perhaps God put there that he was drawing you in a sense? What do you think it was? I think he's always been there. Mm. Um, I've witnessed a couple of miracles in my life. Oh, so really? when um, my niece was just before her fourth birthday, she was diagnosed with a brain tumour. So um, she went through 18 months worth of treatment. She had a couple of brain operations. She had quite intensive radiotherapy and two mm. lots of chemo. Um, the chemo actually nearly killed her. Wow. So um, she went from a very, very healthy looking child to a child that looked, looked like, you know, she was death warmed up mm. really. Mm. Um, um, after 18 months, they sent her home and said, we've done all we can for her. She's got about three months left. Wow. So... Um, we so you're obviously now an adult at this time. You're saying your niece. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So and my daughter was only three months older. So we had our daughters close together, my okay. sister and I. So mm. um, they it was almost like she was mine in a way. Mm. Yeah. So that was a very traumatic experience. Um, but we, I prayed, and we all prayed. And um, she. So were you she turned, 20, she, she turned 22 just last month. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay, so those prayers were answered. Definitely, yes. Now, so you're praying. Are you church people at this time? You no, and your sister? Or? No, definitely not. But I knew that God was there. You believe in God, the creator, the higher power, and that he's able to perform yeah. miracles if, if you ask. And I didn't have much faith in the the Bible as such either because it seemed to me that none of the churches were actually following it, so it mustn't be very relevant. Sure, I could see how you could draw a conclusion like that. yeah. 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 Okay, but you believed in God, but was it you weren't sure if it was the God of the Bible or what God? But you believed that there was a God, and somehow I knew you it was the God it. of the Bible, okay, but did. I didn't okay. know how relevant the Bible actually was to our time. You know, as far as okay. I was concerned, it was probably more of a history book rather than relevant for today. Mm. Okay, interesting. And I guess there'd be some other people out there who probably think of the Bible in, in a similar way because mm-hmm. uh, I guess if this is the textbook for, for your beliefs, mm-hmm. then why aren't people following it, you know? And then at primary school we learned about evolution as well. So mm. that sort of made the Bible a little bit null and void, didn't it? Sure, yeah, 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 because it doesn't talk about God as a creator. No, definitely not. Mm. And yeah. then there's some people who take a hybrid of that. They sort of believe in theistic evolution where God got it going, and then it's just kept on going out of its own volition. So. <laughs> I say we devolved, if that's the case. Devolved, okay. <laughs> oh, very good. Right, so your life is an interesting one. So you are a believer, and I guess there's many people who may be out there listening at the moment who do believe in God, but they're not church people as such. They don't mm-hmm. belong to any particular denomination. They don't go to church. Maybe they'll go for weddings and funerals. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, they don't. But somehow you've ended up being part of a church now. I understand that you're a baptized member, but I guess there's a bit of a gap we need to close from where we've had the story up till now till that point. So what happens in your life? Okay, so I did witness another miracle. I used mm. to watch um, shows 
you know, um, Bible story shows on the television. So um, one of them was The Greatest Story Ever Told. Okay. And I was watching that with my daughter when she was about eight years old. And like I said, we'd given up on having a second child. And um, we got to the part where Abraham... Um, God spoke to Abraham and told him through his seed the Messiah will come. Mm. And he went back to his wife and told his wife and and she denied that it could be with her and and sent him off to marry the servant girl. Mm. There you go. That's right, yeah. Mm. So um, I I got a little bit cranky, I suppose, and said to my daughter, if God told me he was going to give me a son, I think I'd believe him. Anyway, I got goosebumps all over me at that stage, more or less goosebumps on top of goosebumps, and I sat there and I felt the Holy Spirit in my heart, and I think it was the first time I'd ever felt the Holy Spirit in my heart. Mm. And I thought to myself, I think God's going to give me a son. (laughs) Wow. And it was only a couple of months, not even a couple of months later, I found out I was pregnant. So it happened, yeah, quite quickly. And was it a that. son? Yes, it was a son. Wow. <laughs> and, and you had for no, no reason that that feeling and those goosebumps on the goosebumps yeah. showed up there when you, when you, when you said that. Yeah, so. and I felt this incredible love. Yeah, so it was mm. really quite a phenomenal experience. So because the Bible said it, and if God said it to you, you were prepared to accept and believe it and exercise your faith in the well, Word of God. Well, God spoke directly to Abraham. Mm. So he, you know, yeah. So wow. if God had spoken directly to me, I would believe it. But now I feel like God speaks to me all the time. <laughs> okay, well, praise the Lord. It's it's interesting, you know, that, that faith, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when the word of God comes to you, you know, and quite typically comes to us through reading the word and the Holy Spirit convicting us, that's how we are to exercise faith. We've got to believe that God has got the power to do exactly what he said he would do. Yeah. And when he spoke the world into existence, he says that he commanded and it stood fast. Mm-hmm. So that's the same power we have in the word of God, and that's what our faith is based on. Yeah, so, I, I did still try and, and search for a church. Like I said, I, hmm. I, I studied with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses, okay. Yeah, but they still worshipped on the, on the Sunday, and they, they try and live by the Bible as much hmm. as but, yeah, they don't keep that Seventh-day Sabbath. Uh, the only church that I knew of that worshipped on Saturday was the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And unfortunately, when I was growing up, there was um, the Chamberlain case. Uh, and that was your only familiarity with the Seventh-day Adventist That's Church. That's right, unfortunately, mm. yeah. So you can, you can kind of see how Satan works in the community trying to keep sure. people away from the truth. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that distorted your view of, of Adventism for quite oh, a while, I definitely, guess. Definitely, definitely. Mm. Yeah. So um, they were widely considered within the population, my local community, as a cult, you know. So, mm. yeah, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have dared to, to go there. So. Right, right. But luckily for me, <laughs> God had other plans for me. Okay. So I didn't even have to go very far. Mm. So when I was working um, at Toronto, um, still in the hearing within the hearing provider, but I was working at Toronto instead of Jesmond. Um, I was lucky enough to meet a couple from Dora Creek, um, a couple of clients, beautiful, beautiful people. Um, am I allowed to mention their names? You can, sure. <laughs> okay, so their names are Merlene mm-hmm. and Dick and Judge, and they're absolutely beautiful. And um, we talk about God in light terms, 
Um, and then I asked them one day, I asked her because she gave me a cookbook. I was interested in eating more healthy food and, and she said that she was a vegetarian and she gave me a little cookbook and said, mm. oh, I should try, try these meals, you know. So um, that was lovely. Um, when I asked her eventually what religion she was, she said that she was a Seventh-day Adventist and and I was gobsmacked. I'm thinking, wow. wow, these people don't seem like they belong to a cult at all. Okay. Yeah. So um, that was really nice. Um, but I, I still wasn't convinced, I suppose. Um, God, mm. God sent me another Seventh-day Adventist through work again. Uh, okay. An elder at Bullaroo Congregation by the name of John Dyer. I think you've met okay. him. Yes, I do know John. Yes. Yeah, he's a friend of 3ABN. <laughs> So um, we got to talking about God one day and he actually invited me to um, the Bullaroo Congregation. They were hosting a outreach community program. Mm. Um, it was a health program um, called Mind, Body and Soul. So, And it was um, conducted by Pastor David Stoichik. Yes. Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Pastor David yep. Stoichik. Yep. Yeah, yep. And... Um, yeah, so I found that really, really quite interesting. Mm. So did you have an interest in health leading up to this? Because obviously there's been a cookbook shared already. Oh, so. yeah. Well, I um, before I worked in the hearing industry, I mm. was an enrolled nurse. So I have always um, been interested in health. And I've always said that God has provided on this earth everything we could possibly need as humans. If he's created us, then he's created everything that we could possibly need. So I've always tried to, rather than go to the doctors and get a prescription, I've always tried to heal myself in other more natural natural ways. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So um, I I found that program quite interesting. However, I wasn't too concerned about the soul aspect aspect of it. Um, I I suppose I felt that I was too busy. Um, at this stage, I, um, like I said, I was married at 21, mm. but I was uh, separated by the time I was 38. So at this stage, yeah, single mum, working full time. Wow. Um, I'm, I was frantically trying to re-establish a relationship with my daughter. Um, we'd been estranged for a number of years. She mm. blamed me for the marriage breakdown. So that was really quite hard. Mm. So any spare time that I had, I would spend with her as much as possible. So I think I didn't feel that I had time. Okay, for for religious things or to look into a little bit further. And religion to me was man-made anyway. Mm. They they didn't really go on the Bible. And, yeah, so so I didn't really look too much into the Seventh-day Adventist um, religion. So, unfortunately, at that stage. Mm. So I just kept living my life and... um, yeah, I'd you know read the Bible occasionally and and literature that I'd find here and there. Um, John gave me some signs of the times, which I thought was quite nice. And okay, yeah, they had a little little magazine with some current uh, events information, but also then some Bible information as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's quite you know it's a lot of health information in mm. there as well. So I was quite interested in that. Um, I don't think I had felt like there was too much of a need to be part of a religion because I sure. thought that, you know, God was with me anyway. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because you, you had obviously that experience when uh, you 
what, two months before your son was born. Yeah. We felt that an encounter with well, God, an incredible yeah, love before experience. Before he was conceived, yeah. yeah. It's quite interesting that, you know, one of the fruit of the Spirit, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in your lives, the first fruit mentioned there is love. Mm. And you'd already had an experience with God. So God's working in your life, yeah. but not so through could, formal means. It's sort of more for informal means and almost stealthy in a sense. He was letting me know that he was there, definitely. Mm. Yeah. But he didn't wake me up completely um, until a few months later. So a few months after I um, attended the Mind, Body and Soul program, um, I sort of had I witnessed something that um, made me realise that our world that we live in is actually um, quite definitely run through by evil forces. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's probably not something I can mention today. But, um, yeah, I I had a little bit of a nervous breakdown Mm. after that. Uh, It was quite hard for me to deal with. And um, by the time I was able to get my head around what I had witnessed, um, I remembered some scripture from when I was a child, actually. And it made me realise that what I had actually witnessed was satanic. Mm. Okay, so so it was at this stage then, um, it was only just at this stage that um, John Dyer invited me to another information um, workshop, I suppose you would call it, Um, Vladim... Butov, is it? Vadim Butov, yes, yeah. Pastor Vadim Butov. Yes, yes. he was um, doing an amazing discovery talks at Hamilton, so on different subjects. And it was after I um, went and went to these that I realised that I really needed to look into the Bible more because the Bible is a lot more uh, current to today's events than what what I had originally thought. Okay. You saw it more as a historic document that mm. related to the past rather yeah. than relating to the here and now yeah. and, and the, the future. future. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's okay. exactly right. So wow. um, I felt a real need then to search the Bible. Mm. Um, John helped me and he gave me some Truth Link Bible studies and I started attending Bullaroo Congregation every Sabbath. Right, okay, so the Truth Link Bible studies, these are ones you can do online? Uh, oh, they were in a little paper form. Little, little paper form, yeah. so you can fill them out, and then someone would just check your, I guess, your answers and discuss it with you, and then you go to the next lessons. Yeah. There were quite a few lessons in that, yeah, in that def- program. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. so your your life took quite an interesting twist. If you sort of look back to when you were young and what your expectations were for life, and in some ways some things have turned out that way, and other things have turned out significantly different. Yeah, well, I was the same as everybody else. You think that the world is going to provide you know, Mm. what you need. You think that, you know, if I just work hard enough and I just um, tick all these boxes, then I will acquire what I need to be happy. Right. So it's the acquisition of things. Well, not necessarily all things. It's people as well. So the marriage and the children and all that sort of stuff. A lot of people think that, um, you know, a great love will fulfill them. Mm. But until you realise the greatest love of all is actually God, <laughs> it's pretty yeah. hard to be fulfilled. That is true. Well, dear listener, you are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony, and my special guest in the studio is Patrice Winter. We're just going to take a short break, and we'll come back to hear part two of her story right after this. Stay tuned. He desires all to be saved. You're listening to the angelic sound of Carly Fletcher, just an average Australian woman who has chosen to use her musical talents to uplift her Lord and King, Jesus Christ. You matter to Him. You are His presence. 
precious child Won't you realize that you really matter to him Carly's debut album, Follow the Lamb, features gentle acoustic guitar, piano and voice, rich in harmonies and accompanied by various instruments. It's gonna be worth it in the end. To purchase a copy of Follow the Lamb, with all proceeds going to 3ABN Australia, contact us on 02-4973-3456 today. We will follow. Dear listener, welcome back. You are with By the Word of Their Testimony, and our special guest in the studio is Patrice Winter. Now, Patrice, just before the break, you were telling us about experience you had with, I guess, the forces of darkness and how um, we spoke about the relevance of the Bible. You saw it no longer as just an historic document, but one that's relevant for today to shape and to guide our path. And then also, of course, you spoke about prophecy. And prophecy is very important. That's actually from my personal testimony, one of the things that convinced me that there was a God. But in the book written by the Apostle Peter, at 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, For we have a more sure prophetic word, which we do well to heed, as a light that shines in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. So you start attending a program by Pastor Butoff, mm-hmm. and the word of God is now shining in your, in your life. And you've had this experience, and God is now leading you from that because you've 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 seen supernatural forces at work, from what I understand. Yes, I have. Mm. Mm. So tell us, maybe pick up the story from there, and tell us what happens next. Okay, so I started really reading the Bible and studying the Bible, mm. more to do with um, the evil uh, dark forces, as you would call them. Mm. I definitely was in a dark place before that. Uh, I had was relying on myself, so. Um, and and that's okay to a point. Sure. But there are times when um, yourself just isn't going to cut it. Mm, mm. So, um, yeah, so I just started reading the Bible more, and I found that the more I learnt about God and the world I live in, the more I wanted to know. So I just kept searching for more knowledge, really. So um Rather than just be limited to one congregation, I would go to wherever they were conducting a program that would teach me more about God. Mm. Um, And like one recently um, with the Reformation um, and also a Rethink Faith program recently conducted through Raymond Terrace Congregation. So um, that was Peter Watts that that conducted that. I was at the opening night of that program. Yeah. 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 It was really quite wonderful and it's a great way... You know, of inviting people from the community that may not know anything about God or the Bible, mm. um, because it goes through the common beliefs about certain topics in in today's society and what the Bible actually says about those. So, I actually took my little son along to a few of them. Okay, and then he's actually interested in learning more about the Bible now. So mm. he'll he'll be starting um, Bible studies. With okay. Pastor Blake from Raymond Terrace very oh. shortly, so that's quite exciting. Praise the Lord! You know, quite often I guess we have a, a, a view; it could be a world view in regards to Christians, Christianity, or even the Bible. 
And often people have that view, but they haven't really spent a lot of time looking at the Bible. So they're rejecting something they haven't really exposed themselves to. But as they get into the Bible, especially if they see prophecy, I see that people get absolutely fascinated. They're mind blown that the Bible has content of that. It can be tested. Yes. You can look at the prophecies of the past, see if they actually came to fulfillment. Definitely. And God says, you know, test me in these things because a true religion, which is what the Bible presents, has a God that knows the end from the beginning. And false religions can't do that. They can't tell you what happened in the past, and they can't tell you what's going to happen in the future. Because if they did, then you can find out, well, is this true or not? Yes. And God says, if I send a prophet and he says something and it doesn't happen, then you know it's a prophet I didn't send. That's right. Mm. That's right. But we know that the Bible is full of prophets. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really quite exciting to see that a lot of those prophecies are actually getting fulfilled in our lifetime. Isn't that exciting? It is amazing, really, to think that you could be alive when uh, all these things are taking place, especially end-time prophecies. So, Mm. yeah. And the interesting thing about the Bible is that the Bible is written not only for the people of the past. It says the Bible actually says that it's specifically written for our time upon whom the ends of the world are come. Yes. So everything that's written in the Bible actually culminates in around about our day. Now, we we don't know exactly when the end will be, but we believe it's very near based on what we see with prophecy fulfilling. Yes. Every day there seems to be prophecies fulfilled in the world, especially with um, the different climate um, changes and um, earthquakes and hurricanes mm. worldwide. They just um, more and more each time, um, as well as the politics of today as well. Sure, and there's there's no question that in the West we are losing more and more of our freedoms that we had in the in the past, and Definitely. that's all to do under anti-terror laws. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that is a little bit of a concern. But we know the Bible's predicted that more and more freedoms will be lost. Yes, and unless you conform, eventually it'll come to a point where you won't be able to trade, you won't be able to buy and sell. That's right. That's what they tell us. We mm. won't be able to buy or sell without the mark. So that's right. Mm. Yeah, but that's something for I guess another program we can we can look to unpack at some stage. Um, so you're at these programs. Maybe tell us a little bit further with what happens because uh, you've, you're still going through the studying phase. <clears throat> yeah. So I, along with the programs, I found out answers to all the questions I had when I was a child also. Wow. Yeah. So it, it was really great. It was eye-opening. So it was, it was like coming out of the darkness mm. into the light, literally, yes. Wow. Yeah. So... Uh, is there a point in time where you can say, this is where I made my decision, this is where I gave my heart fully to the Lord, or was it just a, a, a transitional upward movement step by step and then finally you just, it when was you woke a, up, it, you were there? It was an upward movement, but I think um, the fundamental time was when I, I found that the Bible does not actually teach about eternal torture in hell. Okay. So that was a real revelation to you because obviously that was something that stuck in your mind from the age of seven. That's right. So you're a number of years down the track now. Quite a few. finally <laughs> discover what the Bible says about that because that yeah. can be a confusing subject well, for people. Well, how and can a, an all-loving God, God is love, the Bible tells us, and then, and then they teach that he burns his children forever in hell if mm. they do the wrong thing. We're actually... When you read the Bible, you find that we're actually born in sin. We have a tendency to sin. Mm. It's something that unless we have God's help, we cannot overcome that. Yeah, well, that's that's dead right. It's quite interesting that the Bible actually talks about those who actually do end up getting consumed by by the fire, which they call hellfire, actually get burned to ashes. It's not something that lasts for all eternity. It's a short period of time. 
Pero, and uh, they will be ashes under the soles of the feet of the righteous. And, and even if you look at Lucifer, because sometimes people think Lucifer is in charge of hell. He is not in charge of hell. God's in charge of it. He actually gets burned to ashes as well. And you can read that in Ezekiel 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it also um, says that Sodom and Gomorrah is a good, um, it, it talks about eternal fire in I'm not That's sure. Right. Book of Jude. The That's Book right. of Jude, yeah. Mm. Okay, so it, it says that they were destroyed by the eternal fire, which is where they, um, the doctrine of hell sort of yeah, comes into play, eternal fire. Um, but when you realise that Sodom and Gomorrah are not burning today. That's right, they've stopped burning. <laughs> I was just there recently and the, the Dead Sea is in that, in that area now. Yeah, you know where Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. It, it seems like it made everything salty there. <laughs> <laughs> and we were on the Dead Sea. We floated on it as well. But that's where Solomon, Gomorrah, and Zebuim and um, Atma and also Zoar, which were the five cities that were destroyed, oh, okay. um, were taken out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you're, you're referring to Jude chapter one and verse seven. Jude is a very small book; only has one chapter, and it says there, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them. So there were another three cities. Them in similar manner to these having given themselves over to sexual immorality had gone after strange flesh, set uh, set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of everlasting fire. Mm-hmm. So everlasting doesn't mean it just burns forever and ever. It just means once it's done its work, it will burn until it's completed its work. It's an everlasting death. So yeah. They, yeah. they don't have the hope of um, everlasting life. That's dead right. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you for bringing that out. Obviously, very important point for you. And no doubt for, you know, for our listener out there, for them, it could also be a sticking point saying, well, how can I serve a God out of fear when the God just doesn't seem to be reasonable? But we have a God that's loving and reasonable and kind. Yes. And he's a God that's just. That's right. Because that's a great injustice, like you were saying, you know. Yes. Burning forever for only a short period of time on this earth. Yeah. No one can be that bad. No, I don't think so. Not even Satan. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. He will burn up as well and be consumed and yeah. turn to ashes, as it says in Ezekiel 28. Yeah. Right. So that's one of the key factors that convinced you. Was there anything else around that time that made you decide, look, I'm going to follow the Lord all the way? Oh, I think it was a culminating experience. So, um, like I said, the more... I, I found out about God and the world we live in, the more I wanted to know. So um, I wanted to um, give my life to God because I realized that he was this loving God that I knew he was all along. Hmm. And um, so I was converted and I was baptized at um, the end of 2016, actually on New Year's Eve 2016. Okay, so we're barely talking about a year plus now. That's it. Oh, praise the Lord. Because I remember being at a church just recently, that's where I met you, and uh, you were up the front sharing and I didn't realize that you'd only been around for a year. So you've learned a lot I have learned a lot in a um, year. In your lifetime, I've especially very, in the last year. very thirsty and hungry I have been for God's word. So, yeah. Mm. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah. So like I said, I have gone to different congregations that have been running different programs. Mm. And I totally recommend that. If there's a program that's run by a Seventh-day Adventist church near you, go and check it out because you will learn a lot. Mm. Praise the Lord. Now, one of the things that stood out for me, and this one that I could relate to, is that you said that, you know, God healed your mind. I don't oh, think you want to he, unpack he, that a little he bit. He gave me a new heart and he gave me a new mind. Hmm. So it, it has been a, um, a, a process over the last 12 months. Um, but before that, like I said, I was quite bitter and disappointed with my life. Hmm. I, I felt that 
It didn't matter how hard I tried, whether it was through study, like I did a diploma in event management and wasn't able to secure a full-time job or any Mm. job after that. They were quite happy to give me volunteer work and um, but I wasn't able to secure a job in that field. Mm. Um, it didn't seem to matter, you know, my marriage. I put everything into the marriage and it fell apart. So it seemed to me that I couldn't control um, my happiness. So I tried to do my best to be happy, mm. but unfortunately, yeah, it didn't matter how hard I tried, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I so. could so relate to that. I, I remember being in a very dark place myself and uh, being very despondent. I had about seven years of depression mm-hmm. and uh, trying all kinds of things, even the Tony Robbins programs, you know, self-help, motivational stuff, positive thinking. And that would help sometimes for a short period of time and then uh, it just wouldn't satisfy. There was something missing in all of those programs, a longing that I had that this just couldn't satisfy. Mm-hmm. It was uh, quite materialistic, I found, and also found that it was quite, well, they talk about long-term. They only talk about long-term as in this lifetime. There was no discussion what happens afterwards. <laughs> and that was the thing that was always lacking. I think, well, if I just have a, a, a 20 years of, of a good life or a successful life, but I'm not a better person, I don't love people as God loves people, and uh, I have success then, even if I gain the whole world, but what happens if I lose my soul? What would happen then? And I was never quite satisfied with that until God performed a miracle in my life and he actually renewed my, my, my mind. Yeah. Because that depression, my wife was saying to me, it was so bad, you need to get professional help, mm. which potentially meant medication. Yeah, well, I was on medication for anxiety and depression. Yes. Okay. Yeah, for well. on and off for years and years. Mm. Yeah. So I'd come good and then something would happen and I'd fall in a heap again. So... Yeah. So I even used, um, I don't like to admit it, but I used to drink alcohol or smoke marijuana before I went to bed of a night, and I was quite a heavy smoker as well as cigarettes. Oh, so. well, I would not have known that. Yeah. Okay. You're looking very healthy at the moment. Too. I am very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> very happy and very healthy. Well, praise the Lord. So as far as medication is concerned, uh, from what you were saying to me when we met is that you no longer need any any medication. No, and I know now in my heart that I will never, ever need to be medicated for anxiety or depression ever again. So yep. this is a miraculous healing from, oh, from anxiety it's and depression. wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Ch- life changed. My life has changed dramatically. Mm. So I no longer look at the world in a pessimistic light. I see beauty around me everywhere. I see the good in everybody. I'm back to being that child that trusts people. I mean, mm. it's not a blind trust sure. anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I still... Not, there's not one steeped in ignorance. No, yeah. that's right. So, um, But I do like to give people the benefit of the doubt now, which was something that, you know, 18 two months or two years ago would, just wouldn't have happened. Mm. I wasn't even willing to get close to anybody. So you're a different person. If I'd met you two, three years ago, you you're a different person. You wouldn't to have you... recognised me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That reminds me, you know, in the Bible, there's times when God has given his spirit to people and they've transformed and changed. They were different people. I think of the first person called to be the king of Israel, King Saul. Through the prophet Samuel, God says to him, when the spirit of God comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be an entirely different person. (laughs) So, dear listener, if you're out there and you're going through a tough time as well, 
We really want to encourage you to spend time in the Word of God and to trust God. Whatever you read, expect God to deliver on. Exercise that faith that God has given you through His Word. And He's able to transform and change your life. If you don't like your life as it is, you'll be a different person when the Holy Spirit takes a hold and position Amen. of you. And you're a, you're a witness to that, Patrice. So, so praise the Lord. Yeah, praise God. Now, there's obviously more to your life. So you, you, you make a commitment. You get baptized. It's just over a year ago. Yep. What's happened in your life since then? Or am I moving too fast now? No, no, no. I found a profound peace, something mm. that I've never, ever experienced before. And I found that um, through God's grace, um, um, I have found that peace. So I don't get worried or anxious anymore. Like I said, I don't think I'll ever need medication again. And I'm much healthier and happier. I have better relationships with everybody around me, especially my family. Mm. Um, and I found that I'm able to develop um, other relationships a lot easier as well. I'm a better listener. So that is that I found that has been a great gift. Um, mm. It helps me identify other people's needs. So when you're able to speak with them, um, you can find out what their worries and anxieties are in life and be able to offer help, whether it be physical or spiritual. Right. So you're now actually helping other people. Oh, yes, all the time. Yeah. So I, I, I can identify needs. So God sends me people now instead of sending me Seventh-day Adventists, although I still am meeting Seventh-day Adventists through work, but right. they are becoming friends rather than having to lead me. Sure, I understand. Yeah. Um, now I meet people with needs. So... I'm able to actually invite them along to different programs. So um, we mentioned David earlier. Mm. Um, he's actually running community programs through the Warrabrook Community Centre. Okay. And, and that's not too far from where I work. Mm. So most of the people I meet live around that area. So it's lovely to be able to have a place to invite them to. Right. And they can either attend the workshops with David or they can just turn up on a Sabbath and... Um, have a quite an informal meeting on Sabbath with a lovely lunch. So that's afterwards. on Saturday? And yeah. what, what time are those programs start on All right, Saturday? So, so that's 10 o'clock every Saturday. 10 o'clock every Saturday. And, of course, that's what's referred to Sabbath, which is the seventh day of the week. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very good. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've actually attended a couple of programs there myself. So there was the Longevity Lifestyle Program with Arlene Taylor from the United States. Okay, Yes. That's a great program. Yes, we've met her, and I think years ago she did some programs for 3ABN as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and I know he's done a diabetic workshop and a few other things. I'm not sure what he's got running over there at the moment, but I'm sure there's something planned for the new year. Mm. So it's definitely I've had worth... a little bit of exposure just talking to Pastor David Sojic about that and the, uh, the diabetic program. It's mm -hmm. an excellent health program. It helps people obviously with diabetes, but there's so many other health benefits. You don't even have to be a diabetic actually well, to benefit from the program. It, it's a diabetic prevention. So, yeah. you know, when you consider the epidemic we have with diabetes at the mm. moment, it, it's a, more of a prevention. So, yeah. Prevention program, that's yeah. right, yeah. And a lot of people are heading that way, you know, if they live long enough and they eat uh, the food that they eat and they have the lifestyle they eat. Well, our Western diet leads a lot to be desired, definitely. Mm. We're encouraged mm. to eat a lot of meat. We're, you know... We're quite big drinkers usually, Australians. So, yeah. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So you're um, you're actively involved in that, but you, you obviously work full time. You're still doing your hearing. 
yes, yes, yes. Mm. But I attend. I try to feed myself spiritually as well. So I like to go to prayer meeting at Bullaroo Congregation every Tuesday night. We have a prayer meeting. A group of us gather together and we pray for the community or any concerns that each of us may have. Mm. Um, and um, the theme for this year is um, those that are lost. So those sheep that have been part of the fold that are now lost, we are now praying for them to return. Okay. Yeah, that's an important aspect because quite often you, know, you can walk through life and uh, the devil will try and distract you. Oh, biggest tools of the devil mm. is distraction, disinformation, and um, propaganda, basically disheartenment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. the master of it. You know, yeah. if you talk about an opposition party to the Lord, he's the master of distraction and misinformation. You want to talk about fake news? Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, and discouragement, I think, is is a huge tool that he uses against us as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So when you can identify how Satan is using those tools against you, it empowers you. So then. If you can identify exactly how he's doing it, then you're more aware of it. You can pray about it and ultimately defeat him at his own game. Absolutely, yeah. You become uh, attuned to the Spirit of God that God can often warn you. You can see the temptation coming a long way off even if <laughs> before the it's even there. Yeah, even if the discouragement does hit you, it doesn't hit you as hard as what it did before and you just get back up straight away. You realise what what is happening, and you just get back up and and say, "I'm not going to let you defeat me," and mm. and pray about it and move on. Because you can cultivate a habit of positive thoughts and positive thinking and relating to life and people in a positive way. Definitely. Um, and certainly, I, I guess uh, you, like myself, we, you know, when we were in that uh, that state of depression, you know, where things were dark, dark and gloomy. Uh, we cultivated a, a state there where we related to everything in a negative way. Mm. Yes. Now we relate to everything by the grace of God in a positive way. Yeah. And you're saying The love. difference between darkness and light. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Mm. Look, any, any uh, thoughts just before we wrap up this segment of the program? Any other thoughts you want to share with us? Um, just that um, it's hard to find happiness in the world. If you're searching for happiness and fulfillment in the world... You'll never find it. I did my best um, for mm. yeah forty six years, and yeah, just got beaten down and disappointed every time. So I think everyone needs a relationship with God. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I think everybody everybody does. Mm. So I try and um, introduce God just not only in the way that I live my life but also through the testimony of what he's done for me. And also if I can see somebody in need, say there's somebody that's um, family members going through, you know, something quite negative mm. with their health and, you know, they they look like they may not come out of hospital or whatever, I will actually take them aside and pray with them and they often appreciate that. Um, because we have so much literature available to us too, and um, my Bible, I've got a new King James version of the Bible. Okay. It's got little Bible studies in the back. Oh, okay. Nice. So um, if they're concerned about any particular thing, I can actually go through and and quote them scripture from the mm. Bible that can encourage them quite often. So I think um, we can be a little light out in the sure. world as well. 
and we are to be the salt of the earth as well. So we are to season the lives of other people around us if we have the Spirit of God working through us. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's very encouraging, Patrice. We're just going to take a short break, uh, listener, and what we'll do is we'll share our contact details with you. So if you would like someone to say special prayer or you have any special prayer requests, we have a regular time here every day where we pray for these special requests that people send through to us. You may have special needs. You may have someone that's close to you that may have special needs that we need to pray for. Feel free to email us or send and use these contact details. You can even ring us, and then we can make sure that we bring your petitions before God, who is the maker of heaven and earth. So let's just take a break here. We'll share our details, and we'll come back right after these messages. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back. We hope you got those details down. And please uh, encourage you to take advantage of our uh, prayer program here that we can pray for you. Or if you want to hear more information about this program or even some of the programs that Patrice has mentioned, uh, you're welcome to contact us and we can put you in touch with those programs. So, Patrice, we've only got a few minutes left. Uh, Any closing remarks from you in regards to uh, your testimony and your life and encouragement for others who may be walking in the same path that you walked Previously, All right. So I think the best encouragement I can give is um, just to um, have a relationship with God. And to have a relationship with God, you really need to pray. Mm. I pray twice a day at least. So I pray first thing in the morning before I even get out of bed. And then I'll pray last thing of the night time too. Quite often I will pray through the day, like I said, for other people. Um, but also any difficulties I may be having and need to overcome, mm. I will pray about that too. So I like to give thanks and praise God in my prayers. Mm. Thank him for all the blessings and prayers that have already been answered. Um, I like to ask him to forgive my shortcomings because although I know that I have righteousness through Jesus now, mm. I, am st- I am still fundamentally. Um, a mortal sinner so I still have quite a few shortcomings Mm. I pray for the Holy Spirit to guide me through my day Uh, I think that's a very important thing especially when you're reading God's word Mm. and that's another important thing to connect to God you need to arm yourself with the word of God so God talks to us through his word and his Holy Spirit and then of course we talk to him through prayer so it's it's dialogue it's backwards and communication yeah it is communication and keep that that line of communication open and you have God with you every day amen you can pray without ceasing as the Bible says (laughs) you can continue to be in communication with God definitely Yeah. yeah so I also pray Um, for God to take my will away and replace it with his Mm. will so I can help others. And I also pray for protection from the evil forces um, alive in this world today and anybody that are associated with um, doing the evil one's will, so Mm. to speak. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, that I think that's great encouragement. And just to know that wherever you find yourself, doesn't matter whether it be in the pits of darkness or you are walking with the Lord, I think there's an encouragement there for all of us to spend time in the Word, to spend time in prayer, 
and to ask God to give us his Holy Spirit, to baptize us fresh every day with his Holy Spirit, to guide and lead us, and to have us conform our will to his will. And as Jesus said, he's our great example. He said, nevertheless, let not my will, but thy will be done. That's and it. the more we know God's will, as we become familiar with his word, the more we're able to live according to his will. And we come closer and closer to God, our Savior. And become more Christ-like every day. Amen. Yeah, to love like the Lord loved. Yeah, to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and our neighbor as yourself. And to be a Christian means to uh, follow Jesus, and you can't follow Jesus without following his example. So, Mm. Well, thank you very much, Patrice, for coming in to the studio and sharing your testimony. So my special guest in the studio here today has been Patrice Winter, and she shared her testimony of how God has transformed and changed her life. So I'm Ian McClintock, and you've been listening to By the Word of Their Testimony. We look forward to catching up with you next time. Until then, God be with you. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.